Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Kind of a busy local news day across the STL, so let's get you caught up in the St. Louis All Local from KMOX. Today is Wednesday, October 25th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story is a developing one, an apartment fire. Multiple fire departments responded for a report of smoke in a building at the Touche Elderly Apartments earlier this afternoon in the 5800 block of Bond Avenue. They are still on the scene with fans in the building and opening windows trying to evacuate the smoke. And luckily, they thankfully evacuated all 74 residents successfully from the facility. Roger Brand, KMOX News. The chief of security for the Cardinals is out following a telephone call where inappropriate comments were allegedly made. The alleged inappropriate and hurtful comments came during a business call with security chief Phil Melcher and downtown leaders. KMOX asked the Cardinals for an interview. They declined, but sent a statement that reads in part, quote, such language was completely unacceptable and is not tolerated by the St. Louis Cardinals organization, regardless of the circumstances, and it does not in any respect reflect or represent who we are as an organization unquote. KSDK originally reported this story and identified the Cardinals employee as Phil Melcher. Maria Aquina, KMOX News. Granite City Steelworkers have been dealing with more layoffs in recent weeks. Local 1899 President Dan Simmons tells KMOX after over 250 layoffs in early October, they'll have about 75 or more in total by the end of the month. We're approximately right around 300 layoffs at this time that have accumulated since the last uh, two and a half to three weeks. I got a small group that'll probably be leaving next week uh, that will put me right about that 325 mark. U.S. Steel blamed the layoffs on the United Auto Workers strike, but President Simmons doesn't think that's a legitimate reason. Sean Malone, KMOX News. As you heard from CBS News, the U.S. House has a new speaker. The People's House is back in business. It's Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson. Metro East Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski says Republicans have, quote, finally done their jobs by electing a House Speaker, but she called the process an embarrassing display of chaos. Mid-Illinois Congresswoman Mary Miller calls Speaker Johnson a thoughtful and compassionate leader and says that she was proud to vote in support of someone with pro-life and pro-family values. Missouri's governor is reacting to the state Speaker falsifying travel expense reports. Missouri Speaker of the House Dean Plocker facing calls for his resignation from fellow Republicans. Republicans, but what does the Republican governor of Missouri think? Mike Parson. Now what I do know is it sounds like he's paying it back, what I do know, and he needs to figure out if he's going to have the trust of the people. I don't know yet. I think it's too early to be able to tell that. After it was revealed this week that Plocker had filed false expense reports, he chalked it up to an administrative error. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. An ethics complaint against Congresswoman Cory Bush of St. Louis has been dismissed. The Office of Congressional Ethics found there was no legal problem with Bush using campaign funds to pay Courtney Merritts for security. Bush and Merritts are now married. She calls the dismissal, quote, welcome and long overdue. Madison County Treasurer Chris Slusher is pushing to change Illinois taxes, he says, to give people a break. Slusher says Indiana made changes to how schools are funded, and Illinois should look at that. What I proposed was what Indiana proposed. That doesn't have to be the solution here in Illinois. It's a good solution in my opinion. It's the best that I've seen. But they need to be working on something. Indiana capped property taxes and raised sales taxes to balance out school funding. Slusher says a model like Indiana's could help Illinois keep businesses in state. While state and federal studies show that substance abuse and overdose are the leading causes of death for pregnant women, their doctors may not know how to address it.
Doug Burgess, an addiction psychiatry professor at UMKC, tells KMOX's Total Information AM there's an increased emphasis on responding to substance use issues for training physicians, but that will be slow to catch up. Many providers who are currently practicing may not have received training in how you address substance use disorders, or if they did, it tended to be um, limited or maybe old information. Burgess says while patients may want to stop using drugs, they're often reluctant to seek the help of specialists. Megan Lynch, KMOX. News. The charitable organization Heat Up Cool Down St. Louis today recognized some people who helped get air conditioners and heaters out to those in need over the years. One of them, Urban League of Metro St. Louis President Michael McMillan, tells KMOX most cities don't have a group like this to help the poor in extreme weather. They have literally saved lives, made a difference, given back, helped humanity, and done so as a national role model. The KMOX business desk reports that the United Auto Workers Union may be close to a deal with Ford. Jeff Gilbert has more from Detroit. If intense negotiations now going on can hammer out a tentative deal at Ford, it would likely set a pattern that the union would take to GM and Stellantis. The Associated Press says the key to the deal would be a 25% pay increase along with cost of living adjustments and profit sharing. The strike is now six weeks old. And one of the first plants to be struck was the GM truck and van plant in Wentzville. Let's give them a round of applause. St. Charles Community College broke ground on a new 55-acre campus in Forestell today devoted to tech jobs, advanced manufacturing, and more. College Board President Dr. Barbara Cavalier. When I began my tenure as, as president in 2016, I went around and I visited with chamber members, business leaders, state representatives, and they all said the same thing. We would appreciate it if St. Charles Community College would focus on and expand workforce and technical training. Today's historic event demonstrates that we listened. The college's new $41 million Regional Workforce Innovation Center will be built on old farmland along Interstate Drive. The funding is being pulled from the Mo Excels Workforce Initiative and ARPA Relief Funds. As we continue on KMOX, it is the last few days on the job for longtime Ameren Executive Warner Baxter. He's now Executive Chairman of the Board, was previously CEO, and as of next week, he will be retired. He has had a major impact on St. Louis and the community here. So let's bring you our KMOX exit interview with Ameren Executive Chairman Warner Baxter. Well, you know, um, I am going to be retiring from Ameren sometime next week. Um, but, but most importantly, I'm not retiring from this community. You know, it's been such a, a pleasure. I've been born and raised in this community. And Ameren, I've been so grateful for, you know, the in 28 years I've been there working with incredible coworkers, serving our customers each and every day. Um, so it's in my heart. It's a passion to continue to give back to this community in so many ways. Do you stay involved on the board as a consultant, anything like that? So with Ameren, I will not be. No, I, I will not. But I'll still stay engaged with the industry, of course. You know, I'm, I'm always um, there if uh, Marty Lyons, the, the, the new chairman and CEO, you know, just an outstanding leader. Whenever Marty needs me, I'll, I'll be there, but, uh, but not directly. But I'll still stay engaged in the industry um, because, um, you know, I've been there for almost 30 years. And so I'm going to continue to uh, give whatever, whatever tools and talents back to that industry whenever way I can. What are you most proud of from, from your tenure? Everything from innovation to new business strategies, what do, you, what do you take a look back at and say, that was great? Well, you know, I, I think when I, when I look back, one of the things that we've, we pride ourselves on is, is putting our customers at the center each and every day. And we have a mission that we talk about, powering the quality of life. And, um, and uh, what we've been trying to do each and every year, each and every hour is to do that for our customers and for our communities. So that's, I would say, is one thing. But the second thing 
is to continue to see this this community not just stabilize but be on a, a track to, th- to thrive. And we play part of that because we invest in this community, we invest in our people, we invest in the infrastructure in this community. And so when we can do that, not only are we having the long-term benefits for our community, but at the same time, uh, we're hopefully creating good-paying jobs for our community as well. How do you evaluate, uh, as a downtown company in the city, how do you evaluate the current uh, status of, of uh, the central business district, especially as you know, buildings grapple with the return to work, you know, sidewalks kind of seem empty downtown. What, what's your evaluation of the situation? Well, you know, look, this is going to be a work in progress, right? You're seeing this across the country where people, you know, post-COVID, they're trying to figure out, you know, what's the back to work and what's the new downtown scene looking like. But I will tell you, there's been incredible investment in this downtown over the last five years. And you can start seeing how it's being invigorated in, 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 in you know, downtown west. And certainly we have the ballpark village. I mean, yeah, we'd all like to see it go faster. But at the same time, and I will tell you, the business community, their hearts are all in the right spot to try and work together so we can work with the government's leaders, both in the city and the county, to continue to make our community thrive. This is a community I grew up in. This is a community I want to see continue to thrive in the future. Uh, looking back over your tenure, how has the energy mix for Ameren, the, the generation mix, changed? You've looked at more uh, sustainable methods. You've got the uh, plant in Callaway, some maneuvering in Jefferson City, potentially for more nuclear. What is the energy mix and what's the future? Well, the energy mix you know, continues to change and we are on a clean energy transition and to make sure we do it in a responsible fashion. You, know, you go back many years, obviously, the, 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 you know, the plants that really ran all of our energy were our, were our coal plants. That is changing. Uh, certainly, uh, you mentioned Callaway. That has been there for, for you know, over 40 years now, and it's going to continue to be there. But also, we're seeing more solar, more wind, and you're seeing more investments in the energy grid to make sure we have a safe, reliable, secure energy grid, and to make sure we do it in as affordable way as possible. Just saw, I don't know if you know about this, uh, $3.5 billion from the feds in terms of the grid awarded to several different parts of the country. Is Ameren a part of that? You know, we did get some of the, the various awards uh, for in, in Illinois. We got one for a hydrogen hub, but also right here, there was an application with a lot of local organizations to get nearly $50 million for the energy grid to help uh, enhance the reliability for those communities that, uh, that need that help. Uh, and so it's another an effort for us to work in a public-private partnership they not only do the right things for the grid, but to make it more affordable for our customers. Is the grid, is Ameren prepared for everything from cars to go electric to water heaters to stoves to, you know, the electrification wave? Is uh, Ameren prepared? You know, we are, you know, simple answer is yes. But, you know, it continues to evolve. And so as we move forward, you know, we have an integrated resource plan that talks about the investments we're going to make, not just in the generation of energy, but also the delivery of energy. So we're investing billions and billions of dollars to make sure that we have not only a secure energy grid, a cleaner energy grid, a reliable energy grid, but also a more affordable energy grid. What do you plan to do, aside from being involved in the community and the industry, in retirement? What's on your What's on your docket? Well, you know, certainly one of the things that I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to do is just have a wonderful family. They all live here in St. Louis, so I'm going to spend more time with them, certainly. I'm going to spend, uh, again, time in the community working on local boards. I'll spend time in the industry. I do some other outside boards, and so I will stay busy. But, um, but you know, uh, one of the things I know is to make sure we get back, which is one of the reasons why we're here today with uh, Heat Up and Cool Down St. Louis, is to make sure we're giving back as an organization and a community to our most vulnerable citizens. I'm going to make sure that's on my plate, too. That is Amron, executive chairman for about another week until his retirement, Warner Baxter. 
Thank you for tuning in to the St. Louis All Local, a production of the KMOX News team. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app.